0: welcome to the modern jewish girl podcast i am jenna lawyer by training writer and teacher by choice originally from new york i am a proud wife and mother living in los angeles join me as we delve into the holy torah's teachings and apply them to our lives i keep it short and sweet but always deep welcome we love a crown. Hi, welcome back. I'm very excited for this week's podcast. I am featuring a conversation between myself and my close friend, Cynthia. She goes by the author named Cynthia Hanna. And crazy enough, we're both publishing books in the same week. So my book, Princess Without a Crown, Returning to My Jewish Roots, is officially available on Amazon And if you would like to get a copy in Israel, please contact me directly. Everything you need is in the link below. And Cynthia's book, her amazing coffee table book, it's so beautiful, Miracles from Israel, Biblical Promises Fulfilled, also can be found below. We're going to jump into the conversation with Cynthia describing how she ended up on the Mayor trip in 2009, where we met originally. I remember meeting Cynthia and she was really, she was more mature because most of the people on the trip were college students and she was already in grad school at Georgetown doing like international relations stuff. And she's always been passionate about Israel advocacy and diplomacy and things like that. She's very uh, worldly. She's originally from Brazil and then grew up later in Boca Raton, Florida, which is another common place that we share as I have a lot of family there. Uh, shocking, I know. (laughs) But um, when I first met her, we really connected over the fact that we both really were enjoying, shockingly, enjoying the Jewish learning that we were doing on our trip. And we both kind of ended up on this trip unexpectedly. And then we tried to keep in touch after the trip. But, you know, I went back to college and in Atlanta at Emory and she was doing her thing in in finishing up Georgetown. And then she later went to Argentina um, to work in the U.S. Embassy there. The State Department had sent her there and we kind of lost touch. And then one of the most amazing stories happened, which we're going to tell in this podcast in which I detail in my book, and it's a story that, of divine providence, basically, where our paths kind of crossed again in, in the most amazing way, and really encouraged us to both keep growing Jewishly. So we're going to tell that story, and it's one I've been waiting to tell since I started this podcast, and I, I really wanted to tell it with her specifically. Then we're going to get into a little bit of a discussion around Cynthia's new book, Miracles from Israel, Biblical Promises Fulfilled which is really a remarkable book, very unique. It focuses just on the year 2018 and shows all of the miracles and innovations that have come out of the land of Israel in one year alone. And we're going to get into a deep discussion surrounding her book and what inspired it. And there's just something very special about two old friends who share similar values and goals and dreams coming together and getting to talk about their favorite things. So I hope that you enjoy it. And if you're inspired to purchase either of our books or contact either of us, our links are below. Okay, so Cynthia, tell us how you got on this mirror trip.
1: So how I got on the mirror trip was basically I had decided in that summer to do this uh, one-month program in Geneva that was focused on international trade and in, in human rights, which was aligned with my master's degree um, in, in what I was studying. And so what happened was, is that I was supposed to go on this program in um, June, right? It started the first week of June. And what happened was, is that my one of my professors really liked my research, which was on anti-Americanism in Europe. And she's like, Cynthia, why don't you apply to this conference in Poland? I think you, it, w- it would be a really good match for your research. And I was like, me? Go to like an academic conference? Really? And I was like, okay, why not? I'll, I'll submit my paper and let's see what happens. And so I got accepted to the conference. And what happened was is that Georgetown also paid for my flight, my trip uh-huh. to go over there. And so this was the first week of May was the conference in Poland. And the first week of June was when my um, month-long course in Geneva was starting. And so what happened was, is that I had three weeks between Poland and Geneva. And I was like, well, if I'm already going to be over there, maybe I'll stay. And, but I wasn't sure what to do. And I didn't want to be in Europe for three weeks by myself. And so what perfectly fell in between those three weeks the mayor trip. And I was like, okay, mayor trip, but even we're going to pay for my flight from Poland to Tel Aviv. I literally have nothing to lose. I'll go there, you know, kind of quote, unquote waste time, you know, or spend time until my Geneva program starts. And that's how I got on the mayor trip, totally an accident. And it's actually kind of crazy because I remember, you know, when, um, Rabbi Edelstein and uh, Dr. Josh Hollander who were um, working with mayor at the time, you know, they had suggested I go on this trip to begin with. And I was like, no, that's okay. I've already been to Israel before. I had actually gone on the birthright trip a few years earlier. And which is so crazy to think of, you know, as a Jewish person who had this, you know, free trip to Israel was like, no, that's okay. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, but luckily, you know, Hashem had other plans and he's like, no, (laughs) you're going to go back to Israel. And, you know, he, he worked it out for this, you know, if this um, academic conference didn't happen, I wouldn't have gone on the Israel trip. Wow. I would have just gone to Geneva yeah. because I was working at the State Department at the time. I was already going to take one month off, I ended up taking two months off. But, um, but yeah, so it was really, you know, Meena
0: how I got on this trip to to begin with. That's so crazy. I never really knew the sto- that story fully. And the timing is, so, <laughs> I mean, the timing worked out in, like insane. That's so wild. Yeah. Hashem really guides our life. And
1: sometimes we think that, you know, we don't know why things happen or what doors are opening. And we kind of just have to have amuna and trust and be like, okay, this worked out. There's a reason why let's look into it. What can I learn? What can I experience?
0: Yeah. Being open to, to where kind of Hashem is guiding you. And, uh, Kind of going with the flow, going with the flow a little bit, and um, I definitely felt like there was a current pulling me, like it was really bizarre. Like, I felt like I almost wasn't even doing anything, I was being pulled onto this trip and pulled. On. And it wasn't like the rabbi was pushing me or anything like that, it just was like these opportunities were presenting themselves, and it was just happening so naturally, it, w- it was amazing. So, that's really cool. Yeah, I never even knew that story. I like it's yeah. coming back to me as you're telling it, but but like, so you knew Rabbi E. Just you had, had you been learning with him or you just kind of knew him or? No, what happened was actually when I was at Georgetown,
1: I, I saw this. Uh, they had this like you know, student club fair where all the clubs like set up a booth and try to recruit students. And then I saw the Jewish Student Union. And I go over there and I was like, listen, is there anything for graduate students? You know, I was hoping to meet a cute medical student. (laughs) Um, And so they said that there wasn't a graduate student group, but I could uh, help start one, which I ended up doing. Um, Mm -hmm. But then that's how I got connected to the Jewish student life and then Rabbi Mm -hmm. Edelstein, Rabbi E., And he started coming to Georgetown to give classes once a week on on Torah. And I came a couple times and you know, I thought it was interesting. Um, And then he suggested I go on the trip very soon after. And, um, and so that's how I got connected um, to Rabbi E and how I eventually got on the trip.
0: Well, okay. As as everyone will hear, it was really very meant to be that we both ended up on this trip, and um, at least for my own my own journey and growth, you were like a really key player. <laughs> and I don't, I honestly don't know if I would be where I am without you. So, as people will see, but um, yeah. You so, you give me too much credit. It's, no, it's, it's really
1: terrible. it's. You're like Shalia. I'm Shalia. Yeah, we all are in different right. ways, and sometimes you know it's really a blessing to sometimes see it. You know um directly because sometimes we can
0: play a role and we don't even know it right right exactly yeah so um so okay so that's amazing so i'm going to briefly share how i ended up on the trip so um i I think i've spoken about this before on the podcast but basically i was at emory I wasn't really involved in Jewish life. Um, I was, you know, just like a regular secular Jewish girl trying to get on birthright with some friends. And I didn't get on the birthright trip, which was kind of like unheard of, like people with even like non-Jewish parents get on birthright. And so I didn't get on it. And like, it was in 2009 with like the whole Bernie Madoff scandal and people thought maybe birthright had a cut in funding or whatever. And I remember I was like, all right, I'll just, you know, try again another year. And I happened to run into a friend like an acquaintance really and she mentioned the mayor trip she had gone during the previous winter break and she's like you have to go this summer it is the most amazing trip and she introduced me to the, to rabbi Fleschel, who's the mayor rabbi at emory and i remember when we i love to tell the story when we first met the first thing he asked me was are you committed to marrying someone who's Jewish? And I was like, no. <laughs> like, I was like, if I love someone, I'm gonna marry them. And we were like arguing. And I was like, this is not going well. And then he's like, okay, you can come on the trip. <laughs> and what's <so laughs> it was like, like, okay, but what was so crazy was that normally you're meant to do like the 10 week learning program before the trip. And maybe you had this experience too, like, I didn't do the 10 week learning program. I literally just yeah, like, neither did I. The trip. Yeah. So we both just like show up for this trip. And like, I, I really didn't know what was in store. Like I barely knew anything. Me too. I had no idea. <laughs> it's so I, funny. I thought it was going to be like birthright. We're just going to travel, yeah. you know, do, I, yeah. yeah. I had no idea. I knew it was like a more religious, but I didn't really know what that meant. And um, yeah, I was kind of just in for the ride. And um, that's so crazy. Cause I feel like out of the group, like, I would say you and I and maybe a few other people were the most affected by this trip, which is like so crazy, but, um, or at least I was, but okay. So, so we go on the trip and then I know it seems like forever ago. Like I'm, it's honestly even hard for me to like get back into that place. Now it seems like so long ago, but I was going to ask you, like, do you kind of remember like, like what you got out of that trip in terms of your Jewish growth or your personal growth? Um, maybe. For sure.
1: Well, I I remember something very interesting. So, prior to going on this trip, I actually hadn't really um, experienced Torah learning um, in all its glory and beauty. Um, I did a couple of classes with Rabbi Edelstein back in uh, DC, but you know, it was kind of this kind of feel-good, you know, class/slash sermon type of you know inspiration. It wasn't really kind of going deeper into the learning. And I remember going on this mayor trip, and and the schedule, if you remember, was, you know, the girls and guys were separate in the morning because the girls went to learn at Neve, and the guys went to learn. um, I forgot I where it. they went to
0: learn. Maybe Mahon, yeah, yeah, home. Um, something like that.
1: Oh, you know what? I think they learned at the hotel. But anyways. Yeah. Um, So what happened was is that we would learn in the morning um, and in the afternoon there was like some type of fun cultural activity and at night we were actually free to go out and kind of party and go to (laughs) go to the bars and um, I remember going to those classes and I enjoyed them so much that even though I would go um, out to the bars with the friends and we would be back at like two, three in the morning after a night out in Jerusalem, I remember being so excited to get up for the class at like 7 AM that I didn't even, you know, I wasn't even tired after only sleeping like three, four hours, because I was so excited to go back to the learning because my whole life I've been very kind of, you know, spiritual. I dabbled into learning about different religions and spirituality, but, um, so that all, so that all spoke to me. And then when I went and started, um, when I was learning at Neve on that trip and, it spoke to me because Judaism is really all about spirituality. It's about personal growth. It's about inner growth. It's about connecting to a higher source. And so all those things um, really spoke to me. So I remember just, you know, even though I was going out and partying, waking up early in the morning and being a very, you know, active participant asking questions. So that, that's one of the, one of the memories I remember from that trip.
0: I definitely relate to everything you're saying. And um, I actually remember we had one class. I don't even know if you remember, but in the, some like evenings we had class, like a class or two before um, we would go out. Like, I remember they brought in Gerald Schroeder to talk about like um, evolution and how it aligns with the Torah. And like, he's like, like, I think he's an MIT scientist. Um, He's like a total. Yeah. MIT
1: physicist.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Physicist. And so he gave this class on how basically science and the Torah don't contradict each other. And that was a big like hang up that I had at the time. And I just remember being so blown away by this class that everyone was like, you know, after the class, everyone was rushing to go, uh, get there, get there partying on. And I, I remember me and a few people were just sitting in the lobby, just, completely dumbfounded, like in shock from this class. We didn't know what to do. We were all just kind of sitting there like, I can't go out right now. Like what, how can I go out right now? Like it was just so life-changing. So yeah, I definitely relate. I was so into the classes, like very unexpectedly. And um, I remember like you and I talking about it. We were like, I felt, I remember us saying like we were high on life, like during this trip. And um, yeah, so, okay. So basically I want to we're going to kind of jump like two years to 2011. So you and I like tried to stay in touch. I remember we had like our little calls once a month and I was in college still at Emory. I was, I guess in my junior year and then my senior year, um, in 2011. And you were, I remember in Argentina. Yeah. year. doing, you were working for the state department, the embassy, the U S embassy in Argentina. Yes. Okay. So, so, so you were working there. We hadn't spoke, I remember we had it, we had kind of lost touch a little bit. It had been like yes. a while since we had spoken because you were abroad. I was in school and okay, this is, I'm like so excited to tell this story with you. <laughs> I've been like waiting to tell this story. And I was like, I. it's have an to epic read. story. It's an, it's epic, a really,
1: story. It's an yeah. epic
0: story. Yeah. And I needed you to tell it with me. So, yeah. So basically I, I, I was at a point and feel free to jump in like whenever you want, but basically yeah. I, I was at Emory my goal after the trip was to kind of go back to neve on my own for learning after I graduated, but there was a big two year gap in between the trip. And when I was meant to go back, it was too long, honestly. And, you know, but of course I had to have my internships in the summer and I, I wouldn't make time until after graduation. And I was hanging on by a thread. Yeah.
1: Because you know. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was going
1: to say that, you know, growing up, um, in america and especially like as women who thank god we've had opportunities to learn to go to universities and so all our parents and rightfully so from you know their perspective you know we're pushing us young women right along with the messages we get from society that you know your career is your most important thing which is true in some aspects like you know we have to have the ability or we now are able to have the ability to kind of work and support ourselves and that gives us a lot of freedom. We're no longer just dependent on, you know, um, our husbands, um, or our partners or our families to support us. But at the same time, that's not the end all be all exactly. right. There's, there, there's more important things in your job. Exactly. And, and, um, and so, you know, going in and I can relate in the sense of, you know, having, spirituality and growth is important, but then you're trying to, you know, juxtapose that with career and internships and jobs and kind of this other path that, you know, we're taught is what is a priority and what we have to focus on.
0: Exactly. That's very, very well said. I'm glad you made that point. And I think for me, going back to Nevaeh was like the only real personal goal that I really created at up until that point, it, it had only been like professional growth. And I I didn't even want to admit to myself at the time, but looking back, my value as a human being was so tied up with my professional accomplishments because of all the things that you just said that going, like, it was, it was almost like insane to even have this kind of like personal, like ambition. It's like, well, what's, you're going to go to Neve? Like what, like why? And like people just like friends and family, they just like, didn't really get it because they weren't on the trip. (laughs) You don't understand. But, um, but yeah, no, so that it was like, really, it was crazy. So I had this goal. And then just I started to become like, kind of, I don't want to like, uninspired, because I was I didn't keep up with learning. And I'm in college, I'm just doing my thing. And I'm getting caught up, you know, in the professional ambitions and everything, which is important, but it's not the end all be all, like you said, and um, I just kind of lost sight of why I wanted to go back. And it, you know, at the time I, I had read about this in my book, I was dating like a, a hardcore atheist who was getting his PhD in philosophy and that did not help. <laughs> and so basically what happened was, was I, at that point said, okay, I'm not going to go back to Neve anymore. Like it had gotten to that point, And I write about this in the book. And, um, and then spring break was coming up. I was meant to go on this Poland trip with Mayor, mm-hmm. which would have been amazing and inspiring, but I like got, I didn't feel well. I was a rundown. I'm like, you know what? just gonna go to Boca <laughs> go to my grandma's my grandma lives in Boca in Florida I'm um, you know at that time I was in school in Atlanta it's like a short short plane ride and I'm gonna go there and just kind of chill and like also I kind of wanted a break from the guy I was dating I'm like I really need to like get some space and like think and like whatever
1: yeah so, by the so, way yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna jump in and, and, go and I'm, I'm gonna say how I ended up getting there yeah and um, so basically after I came back from the neve trip, um, I finished my second year at Georgetown and when I, I was working at the state department and after I graduated, um, they sent me to the U S embassy in Argentina and I was there and it was actually my dream job. I always wanted to live in Argentina. It's in Buenos Aires. It's such a, an, cool. a an awesome city. And it was my dream job and I landed it. And what happened was, is that my mom, um, I actually remember getting this call and she called me and she's like, Cynthia, they found, um, a tumor in, in my neck. Um, and I have to have surgery and I'm going to need some help after. Can you come and help? And so, you know, of course I basically gave notice at the embassy. I was like, I have to go on medical leave. Cause my mom was, was ill mm-hmm. and we, I came back to, to the U S, um, was with her for the surgery and then she, you know, and then also the recovery period. Like, thank God, you know, really, you know, uh, was a very complicated surgery, but thank God it, it was all well. Awesome. Uh, it went well and then was helping her in Boca. And I was actually going to go back to Argentina, which I eventually did do, um, for a little while longer, but, when I was in Boca um and also those two years since I left in the bay I was kind of i i wasn't i didn't become religious you know off right. the bat i right. i you know was was got more connected and kind of slowly was went got into learning more but I still was um wasn't all like okay I'm religious this is for me I, I was still kind of you know learning slowly and I remember being in Boca and I was on the beach and I remember I was like you know what let me call Jenna because." At that point, I, I got more interested in, in wanting to go back and, and learn. And I wasn't so happy at, um, at the embassy um, in Buenos Aires because it's kind of really the job wasn't what I thought it was going to be and the people wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And I was kind of looking for maybe um, a little break. And I was, you know, I was always like, OK, maybe I'll go to Israel. I'll learn for a little bit. I'll go back. And then, you know, I was and then I can always come back to the State Department to take a year off. And I remember I was like, you know what, I'm going to call Jenna to tell her this. And it's so interesting because we actually had lost touch. Yeah, we and lost
0: touch. That's what's so crazy ha- about
1: it. Not only that, but in, in, in w- when we were in touch, like immediately after the trip, I would say for about a year, we would call intermittently. Yeah. But, um, but every time we tried to get together um, to be in the same city, it, w- it never worked right. out. We were never in the same w- place. We were never in the same place, you know, it never worked out. And then I remember at the beach, I was like, you know what? I'm going to call Jenna. And I called you and you happened to be in Boca. Yeah.
0: Which was that, crazy. because so crazy.
1: <laughs> because all the times we tried to get together, it never worked out. I call yeah. you out of the blue to tell out you this like life-changing story that I'm going to go to Israel for a year. And, you know, you're, I'm like, hi, Jenna. And you're like, where are you? Because she knew I'm from Boca
0: yeah you knew knew you were from boca so i said i yeah so okay so okay so basically i i remember i went to go visit some friends in miami and my college roommates were were doing their spring break in miami so i'm on the way back from miami to boca and you called me in the car and i had not we literally like had not spoken in a year in a year In a year and you call and i answered the phone and you're like jenna like i'm sitting on the beach and your name just popped in my head so when you said beach i said wait i was like where are you because i knew you were from boca but i had thought you were in argentina and you were like i'm in boca where are you because you thought i was in atlanta like in school and i said i'm in boca and then then you were like do you want to have dinner tonight?" and i was like yes and i think you were like leaving the next day like it was it was like crazy timing and yeah. Oh, you know, what? I was looking to go back to Argentina. Yes. Yes. You were like, I'm yes. eating in the morning. Do you want to have dinner? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and we met up for dinner. I remember. And I remember like where we were, we were sitting outside having dinner. And you said to me, I'm going back to Neve. Do you want to come with me and be my roommate? I just, I remember so clearly. And at that point I was just like, this is my chance. Like it's, I'm never going to do it. If I don't do it now, I will never do it. Like, Hashem is presenting me with this, with this clear option. It's like clear as day. His hand is involved here. And like, I saw truth, like I saw truth and I want to follow it up. And this is my chance. So after that, I was like, yeah, so if it wasn't for you, like, it's so, it's just so crazy. Like, I don't, I don't know what would have happened. I don't know if I would have made it back, but thankfully um, you encouraged me and uh, we, we got to go back to Neve together.
1: I did. Cause you weren't even sure that you wanted to go back. Uh, and I, I was, was and I was like pressing, I was like, come be my roommate. And yeah. you know, th- this one I think was like in March and I ended up going back to Neve in June of that year. And I remember, and you're like, Oh, I'm not sure. By the way, I actually just remember that the reason why I didn't go on that Poland trip is because you were sick. Yeah, I was sick. Yeah. You were sick. Yeah. And, and you're like, oh, sick, so six, I'm going to go recover in Florida. Yeah. And it's so funny how like, Hashem runs the world and, the world. and sometimes, <laughs> you know, everything is, f- is for the best and, you yeah. know, and sometimes we might not know it. And that's why there's always a, a bracha, um, yeah. which is a sweet new year. Why? The, it's always good, but it should be sweet, full of revealed good because yeah. everything is good. But sometimes we don't know if it's revealed, we want it to be revealed good to exactly. know that, you know, whatever hardships or things that don't work out, it's actually all for the best and it should be clear. Exactly. And that was a prime example.
0: Yeah, that was it. Could not have been sweeter. And getting to go to Neve and be your roommate, even though I know I was cranky sometimes, I wanted my naps.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I learned about the naps. You you do not naps. mess with Jenna until she has <laughs> ha, has had her naps. <laughs> Very true. But um, and
0: so what's so crazy is that, like, basically, so that summer was like a life changing summer for me. Um, summer 2011 at Neve, I completely was just jumped in. I was like, I couldn't even believe I had questions coming. And I don't know about you, but like for me, like it was a total affirmation of kind of my gut feeling, which was like, there's truth here. And, you know, the Torah is divine and um, I'm going to try to keep it. And so, you know, I started keeping Shabbos. I started trying to wear skirts. I remember us going out and like wearing our pants. Like it was like a weird time because like I, I wanted to be growing, but you also have to do it in a sustainable way. And, Mm -hmm. um, I remember I wanted to stay the year and it was a whole issue with my family and I ended up going back for law school, but you did stay the year. I did, yes. You did, and I thought you- I was
1: only going to stay for a few months. Also I remember because what? Yeah, because Neve—it's a very inspirational place. Right. Um, Torah is very inspirational, and so getting to look into the text to see, you know, what it says—I I, I kind of joke around that the Torah is either written by God or aliens, you know, <laughs> because it wasn't written by humans because it's so deep. Right. It, there's so many levels to it that it's it's incredible, and so. Yeah yeah so i ended up you know i i got so inspired and really enjoyed the learning that i ended up being there for a year and a half oh my god I, I call it a jewish monastery because <laughs> it's a little it bit is. on the hill you know yeah, it's um, up and hill. it's like kind of secluded and yeah. you go there and you learn and
0: yeah it is it's and it's a beautiful it's such a tranquil campus it's really amazing but um but and then you stayed and then you really ended up did you make Aliyah? you you stayed in israel for eight or nine years i mean you, and you yeah, ended yes. up making Aliyah.
1: I did. I did.
0: So, um, so, yeah, I so still,
1: like, I still feel like I live in Israel, even though temporarily right, you're a temporary I find in myself America,
0: in the right U.S. Right. For COVID, right now. Right. For right now. But you. COVID like, and, and yeah.
1: other stuff. But, um, but I will be returning. Please, God. Please, God. Um, but yeah, I ended up, Um, you know, I didn't make also Aliyah straight away. Um, yeah, Just because how, I. Yeah. I, th- I think it's important for people to live there for a year to get the sense before, you know, committing in, in making aliyah. Yeah. Um, but I ended up staying um, after I was at Neve for a year and a half, and then um, I got a-, a job at the mayor's office. I
0: remember.
1: Um, and, and then when I was at the mayor's office, I was like, you know what, I'm, I am I want to stay here. I really love living in Israel, not just for being kind of the Jewish state where you have the ability to practice Judaism um, in its entirety and, you know, kosher food everywhere and everyone's celebrating the holidays together, but it's also the quality of life there. I find it's a high quality of life. I really enjoy living there. Yeah. Um,
0: I found that I find that too here. Like I'm actually surprised because I feel like every time I come back, it's more advanced. Like you really mm-hmm. see how how far, it, and in some ways, it's more advanced, you know, than mm-hmm. in America or whatever. Like it's re- I love the quality of life here. I find it to be very family oriented and and really beautiful. Um, but yeah, so I kind of I want to shift and talk a little bit about your book and and if you could just kind of tell us a little bit about your book and kind of how you got there and, and what inspired you to write about miracles in the land of Israel.
1: Yeah, okay. So basically, I was at Neveh, um and finished. I was working at the mayor's office and um, then eventually I um, switched over to the high tech sector where I was working for a popular app. But at the same time, I was always growing and learning, and really kind of became a little bit of a of a biblical nerd. <laughs> love <laughs> love learning Torah, and in addition to that, living in Israel, it's it's really a miraculous place. It's there's the fact that we're all back in the land of Israel. Um, you know, Jews from Africa, North Africa, from asia from australia from south america from america from europe we're all able to go back to the land that was promised to our forefathers right and yeah. where there was there judaism really um flourished and um and even so now really Um, but, uh, what happened was living in Israel, basically just seeing miracles happening every day. There's so many stories like the story about us, you know, me calling you from the beach and having, you ended up happening to be in the same city. The numerous examples like this have, you know, happened to me personally, um, in Israel and I know other people as well. But beyond that, there's so many miracles happening right before our eyes, like, you know, security-wise, um, there's o- there was over 1,300 terror attacks that were thwarted um, yeah. in Israel that people don't know about. The like, news covers kind of like the major year? issues. In one year?
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: And um, actually, my book, I list them because I wanted to show people the miraculous um, divine protection that, you know, that is in the land of Israel wow. to the incredible achievements that are coming out of this small state, finding... Cures and treatments to some of the world's most pressing medical problems, Um, innovation that is really powering the world of tomorrow. Almost every computer, every cell phone, um, computer systems, there's a lot of Israeli developed um, technology that are found in there that is like really helping, you know, make the world of tomorrow possible and secure to the humanitarian efforts that Israel does many times and actually, in action, the research in my book, they're under the radar. The media doesn't report it. People don't talk about it, but Israel is actually engaged in a lot of hum- humanitarian activities, doing medical treatments and procedures and training doctors from all over the world who come to Israel wow. sending out emergency humanitarian missions when there's a, a crisis and you know those are just some of the of the miracles that are that are out there and i realized that people they, we've become desensitized to it yeah. that's a little bit of the problem living in israel we're so used to kind of you know things quote unquote working out that yeah. we don't realize it's extraordinary yeah and and i wanted to kind of you know like raise the flag a little bit on that and to share with the world some of the miracles that are happening in Israel. And not only that, I also wanted to, you know, show that it's connected to the Torah. And so I actually, the book starts by looking into the Torah, um, to learn about the land of Israel, what makes it so special. Mm. And then I connect those verses to the achievements that are coming out of Israel today. Wow! So it's um
0: it was a labor of love, but uh yeah. I, I'm really proud of it. I know you should be because it's a I think it's a be- such a beautiful thing to write a book about. It's not something I've really seen, and especially in the way you did it. I mean, it's like a beautiful coffee table book with amazing photography and um just the content is so amazing. And um so I want to ask you like. Be, is it the fact that like when the jewish people are in the state of israel like because before we came back to the state to the modern day state of israel i mean this place was like a barren desert and then yeah. and you see over the last like 70 years how much flourishing, I mean, what you were just describing, the level of innovation in medical and tech, and it's just so unbelievable. And and the fact that we have this like divine protection of all these attacks that have been thwarted. And is it the fact that like, when we're kind of plugged in as a people to the land, we merit this kind of like divine blessing and protection? Well,
1: it's, it's it's a mix of everything. So, I mean, we first learned this, you know, from actually from Genesis um where god tells abraham that you know you um those who bless you shall be blessed and those who curse you shall be cursed Mm. right that's kind of the first aspect and there's a lot of blessings of like prosperity also connecting to the land Mm. the whole most of the Torah talks about the land of Israel. When you come to this land, you know, here are the laws that when you come to this land, this is the land I have given you, right? So there's, yeah. there's this connection that, you know, this destiny of the Jewish people being tied to this land that was promised by God, right, um, to Abraham and to his descendants, you know, in various points. And so we have already that there's, there's something special about this land. It's also the place where God says that there, that's where he's going to dwell, that that's where, you know, his house will be. So we learn that there's already something special about the land. Right. And then there's something, the Jewish people have a responsibility, right? And why do they have the responsibility? Because they were given the Torah
0: right? and the
1: Torah is, is a blueprint for humanity and it's a blueprint for life. And so coming back, Fusing, coming back to the land, infusing the land right with the Torah and the synergy of it together, um, results in these incredible achievements because it's divinely blessed. Yeah. Right. So your efforts are blessed. The efforts in Israel are blessed. Wow. And we we see that in in the success rate of. You know, innovation, medicine, security, etc. Wow! So there, there is, you know, there is that synergy that that brings both of them um, together, that allows for for this uh, for these miracles to to happen.
0: Wow, that's so it's so crazy hearing you speak about that because I'm just thinking like this is why it's I think it's so important to try to spend time in Israel in general, but especially learning in Israel, like Torah, because the amount of learning that you can accomplish here is literally like exponential compared to outside of israel and it's it's like why but now now it just kind of clicked when you were talking about it because like you just said all the efforts are blessed because when you when you combine torah which is the soul of of our nation with israel which is like the body of our nation it's just like incredible um wow that's that's so cool
1: yeah and and not only that you know um of of both those aspects coming together but um, there's also, it builds off of each other, right? Yeah. And so you're able to to create more. You're able to to do more. And, you know, even in the Talmud, it says, just breathing the air of Jerusalem makes one wise. Wow. And there's also kind of a special, um, there's a special holiness to the land of Israel that I actually discuss in my book. And I actually look at the Torah to see what does it specifically say about the Israel. There's specific laws that only apply to the land of Israel. Yeah. And, and if you defile the land like the canaanites did and the hittites and the previous civilizations which is why they didn't merit the land right right um because there there's there's a sanctity and a holiness now you know there's many ideas and there's many sources that talk about that which is you know why why was the temple built in jerusalem Right. Why did, why was that the location that God chose? And what's also, um, cause there's, you know, there, I believe there's a in, in Judaism that there's a special energy in Jerusalem, right? That's why the totally. temple is there. That's why the prayers, you know, have more power because it's, it's, there's some type of spiritual vortex. Now I don't yes. understand it you know, in its entirety, but I see the effects. I see the daily miracles. I see the coincidences. I see the prosperity. So there's something there that doesn't make sense. How come no one, you know, achieved, how come the land was barren before? And it was. It was. Now. There was human effort to make that possible, right? Israel has the you know, growth of trees, net growth. the only country that has the net growth of trees each year, that's because people are planting them, right? Yeah. Um, the early pioneers, they drained the swamps and they built in, the, um, in you know, agriculture and developed agriculture. So there is human effort, but it's blessed, which it is, is why right. there's that success element that wasn't there before.
0: Totally. And um, isn't really
1: like there in any other country. I mean, I don't know what yeah. country in 72 years has <laughs> the ability to, you know, basically, you know, now they're coming out with the, their own coronavirus vaccine. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and, and all the technology, it's it's not normal. So there's no. something extraordinary there that's beyond the, the realm of normalcy.
0: It. 100%. And um, as you're talking, I'm thinking about, um, I don't know if you remember from Nevaeh, Rabbi Smith, but I once heard him give a class and actually he was saying like being in Israel and specifically in Jerusalem is like being in the palace of the king. And that's why it's so intense because <laughs> because you're in, you know, like you're in you could be in the kingdom, like you can be far away. You're still in the kingdom of the king, you know, like Hashem's still watching you and guiding you, even if you're outside of the land. But we know from our sources that Hashem does not take his eyes off the land of Israel, and and the level of his involvement here is greater and stronger, whatever that means. And so that's that's yeah. why
1: also for the divine protection of the all the terror attacks that were sorted, because there's divine protection, and there's things like you know um the some you know and and I hate to say that who the terrorists are, which are you know people that have been manipulated and incentivized by the Palestinian government, which is the one who I blame for incentivizing terrorism,
0: yeah. right,
1: but you know you have you know terrorists who come through a metal detector for some reason, the metal detector doesn't go off, but arouses the suspicion of the guard who then finds you know a knife that was meant to be used for an attack to um. I don't yeah. know if you know this because on in um in 2018, because my book focuses on 2018, because I wanted to take one year and really, you know, dissect it to make sure that you know wow. what I'm saying in one year, what's possible. Well, but there the book,
0: was a- Yeah, divine's in the details, like like you had to kind of like focus in to to really look at the divine in the details.
1: Exactly. Because if you want to say, Oh, look, the, of course, there's you know miracles in seventy two years, yes, but let me show you all the miracles that happen in one year. That's so cool, right? And there was um on a there was a truck that had a hidden bomb on it, right? That was that was actually destined to an Independence Day uh festival. An Independence Day in Israel is celebrated. There's a lot of street parties and festivals and events and the security services thankfully and thank god found a hidden bomb on the roof that was destined to this festival and had you know the the border guard not have been you know careful or he he said that there's something uh, an internal gut feeling that led him to search you know the truck more carefully where wow. where they found this hidden bomb to yeah. the fact of you know terror tunnels that were dug in um we knew that there were terror tunnels in gaza right which we've been destroying them thank god and then we discovered terror tunnels that hezbollah had built and spent millions of dollars right and you know months if not years digging and we were able to discover them and destroy them before our enemies had a chance to use them that's if that's not divine protection i don't know what is in addition (laughs) to so many other things but you know this podcast is uh we don't want (laughs) to We can talk here until the cows come home right
0: were you, were you surprised, like when you really started digging into it, like, were you even surprised kind of at how much support there was for what you were trying to show or were you, did you expect to find this level of uh, miracle?
1: You know what? I, I was I was surprised because what I was going to to write about was basically about the things that we know about, right? The yeah. medical advancements and the tech advancements. And but when I started researching into the terror attacks that were thwarted and the number of it right and when i started researching and expanding into what type of medical treatments were being developed and when i started expanding into the you know what kind of innovation do i want to highlight it was incredible because there there was so much i had to cut down we couldn't do we can i couldn't write about everything wow and it was uh it was really you know it gave me the the inspiration to to continue with this i could probably write 10 books about all the miraculous things that
0: are oh, happening. In it sounds like it. Um, I, I, I can't resist telling this quick story because this literally just happened to me today and yesterday. And it's such a clear example of the type of, I don't, I don't even want to use the word coincidences, the type of like divine providence that you see living in Israel. Um, basically I was driving home literally on my street yesterday and I happened to see my Rebbitson's brother who lives here in Israel. And um, I I I wait. I rolled down my window. I said, hello. I hadn't seen him in years. And he's like, oh, I have an office right here. Okay. Like whatever. I, it was nice to see him. And then later that day, my friend's sending packages from America to Israel with her cousin. So she said, I have three packages in there. Two are for you. And one is for the wife of this rabbi who I had just seen. He, she said, I don't even know if you know this woman. And I was like, of course I know her. And I literally just saw her husband yesterday. No problem. I'll get it to her. And she said, well, my cousin who's bringing the packages, he lives in Petak Tikva. So you might have to go there and get them. And I was like, okay, like, you know, we'll work it out. So I, I text the rabbi and I say, you're never going to believe it. Like my friend is sending me and your wife like packages from America. So I'll get them f- from Petak Tikva and I'll give them to you if your office is right where I live. And he, he writes me back. He says, I have one better for you. I'm going to Petak Tikva on Sunday. I'll go pick up the packages and I'll bring them to you. So it was just like such wow. a small, <laughs> like so crazy. He's like, I will literally, like hey, uh, my friend's cousin's flying in thir- um, Thursday night, Sunday, he has an hour free. He can go pick them up. He's going anyway to Pektach Tikva. So I, I just had to tell the story because it's such a clear example of like the way Hashem orchestrates things here that is like so clearly his hand in a way that you don't necessarily see outside the land of Israel, or maybe you do, but maybe not as clear as often. So hundred percent. Yeah.
1: I I have so many stories like that, that it's so so inspirational to live in Israel because there's, everything is clearer there. Yeah. You know, you don't have all the klippa, the the shells and the distractions that, you know, keep you from seeing what's,
0: what's really there. You don't have Amazon. (laughs) You you do, but you have to pay like, uh, it's not as, it's not as easy.
1: (laughs) It's true. But you know what? I, and that you know, for a while that was like the complaint, like oh, there's no Amazon, there's no Target. No, but you know what? Great, it's liberating. You um, now there's Amazon, so that so that's exciting. And and you know what? It's okay. You
0: know, no, I actually like it. I I find it's very easy to get things here. They have everything I need and more. I haven't had problem getting yeah. anything, and it's great because I actually the stores are more accessible, and I can actually go into a store and see it. Like I can't explain it. It's it's uh maybe because I'm in the city, also it's easier. But I I. I, like we said, the quality of living here, I think is, is amazing. Um, exactly.
1: You have everything. And then some,
0: everything, and then some, so uh, yeah. Anyway, um, So Cynthia, tell us how to get your book and is it, uh, is it officially out or. It's officially out. Um, okay. You can
1: go to the website, miraclesfromisrael.com.
0: Wow. So
1: the book is called miracles from Israel, biblical promises fulfilled. And you can also get on Amazon, but if you go to my website, miraclesfromisrael.com, yeah, actually there's a special Hanukkah discount going on. Oh, so you amazing. can get 15% off um, the the price. And also just, you know, if you want to go over to our Facebook page at miraclesfromisrael.com, we share a lot of daily miracles happening in Israel to inspire people to remain connected and inspire them to the beautiful way that God uh, shows his love to, to Israel.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. And, uh, thank you so much, India. This is really, really special. Yeah. It's such a pleasure. It's
1: so exciting to, to be able to talk to you and, and really kind of reviewing the, you know, beautiful coincidences and, and, and experiences that like helped shape us yes. to where we are today.
0: Yeah. No, it's so amazing. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe to the podcast and share. And if you could write a review on Apple Podcasts, I would be so grateful. Take care.